Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the nether world of cults, crims, and con artists. And the odd politician. And we've delved into the federal election 2022. And all we can say is we were right. You listeners were right too. <laughs> Around this time last year, cookers were adamant that a new wave of politics was coming Australia's way. And they were right too. Oh. It's just that the new wave that has come is the polar opposite of what they said would happen. Aww. Listeners, we were right. The cabal of the great unvaccinated shouting, Freedom! was largely ignored by just about everyone. Good. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and we're talking and we're taking the time today to review the Australian federal election in this week's program. Normal programming will resume next week with all your favourite segments, but for now, we need to poke through the chart and trails to find out what happened in the election results on the weekend. Wait up, more goats! Now, Elbow will lead this country for a thousand glorious years, <laughs> and the cookers can chew my lizard, Joel. Yeah. And we'll be taking a schadenfreude dripping look at how the cookers responded to having their asses handed to them by the vast majority of Australians. Yes, it was very, very enjoyable to watch. It was mostly crying from Monica Smith after an <laughs> alcohol fuel video emerged posted about 2 a.m. on Sunday morning. That was beautiful. She's not doing well because God has betrayed her yeah. yet again. Seems God like a is- pattern. <laughs> God is really challenging her, isn't he? Really? Just always, mate. It's just a test. It's just a test. He loves me. And meanwhile, over in Cliveland, the UAP Führer said two words out loud that all the cookers wanted to hear, electro-fraud. Yes, he did, Jack. Here we fucking go. On Saturday night, Clive told Sky News Peter Gleeson that he had evidence, video of electoral fraud. Electoral that, fraud. <laughs> that almost certainly would have turned around his $100 million exercise of vanity to buy democracy into a success rather than the wretched failure that it has been. <laughs> and I agree with Clive, Joe. There is mounting evidence of electoral fraud that requires urgent and thorough investigation, starting with finding answers to the question of how did Crackers Kelly, the next Prime Minister of Australia, get more than 7% of the primary vote in Hughes. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, how did he get more than 7 <laughs> There's got to be something going on there. I think we have to put at least uh, 2% of that of his 7% down to electoral fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Lindell's ghost still haunts us today. And we'll have all the stories behind the election, but before we get to them, we need to bring you all the news, and that is news on the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. Yes, that is the news. That is the news on the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. Fuck that, it's fine. <laughs> and in news just a hand, Simeon Boykoff is having a well-earned rest, a holiday, in fact, putting his feet up at Her Majesty's pleasure at Silverwater Prison. The Aussie Cossack is cooling his heels, bail denied and awaiting sentence after pleading guilty to breaches of a suppression order and recklessly contravening a non-publication order for which he has pled guilty. That's two counts at Burwood Court on Friday, May 22nd. But it's okay because there has been a vigil organised and anyone who wants to show support for the great man can assemble outside Silverwater Prison. The vigil, if the Cossack's telegram is to be believed, is a 24-7 affair and will run until Boykoff is released. Which makes me think, 
why hasn't the Cossack gone for the great prison protest of a hunger strike? Fair enough, if it took Bobby Sands eight weeks, it's bound to take Simeon around five years until he can move his belt buckle back a notch. Well, you'd be very pleasantly surprised by the fact that he has. He's gone on his hunger strike! He has. Yay! He has indeed. It'll be Uh, good for him. It'll be actually a real positive for him. Yes, I think so, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, So, look, when it comes down to a vigil, I mean, the man's pleaded guilty. Uh, There's no vigil. He's guilty. And for those who came (laughs) in late, we explained this last week. I mean, like, the whole thing's out in the open, but now it's advanced further. He breached a suppression order after being specifically told not to by police in regard to an alleged pedophile, which is before the courts. Suppression orders are created not to protect the alleged offenders, but to protect the victim from being identified through the offender. And, of course, vigilante justice at the hands of idiots. I mean, that's also something that needs to be considered. Yeah. I mean, you just don't do that. It's bad. Due process. Due process. Boykov breached this suppression order by naming the alleged offender at a rally on the 15th of May, which was filmed and published on YouTube. Oh, dear. He even openly said that he was aware of the order, and that's not smart, Simmy. Don't say, should I break the law? And then break the law. I mean... <laughs> He'd been specifically told by the police, do not do this. And he did. It's just amazing. It's just a game of chicken that turns out with him in a cell. I mean, who would have thought that could happen? They all feel so invincible until they're not. So as of Friday the 20th of May, the YouTube clips remained up visible to all. Boykov explained that he had been unable to take the videos down because, you know, he was in jail. But there are more than one because he'd been remanded in custody after he was arrested on 16th of May and other cookers have hosted content for the protest as well. So it's everywhere. But of course, this just made the magistrate very mad. Mm, yes, it did. Quote, I'll make sure it's removed only if I'm released from custody, is what the magistrate was saying, that Simeon was saying, which is not- A little bit sarcastic there, the magistrate, yes. I'll make sure it's removed only if I release you from custody, yeah. And the quote uh, goes on to say, it is an attempt to blackmail objectively. Ooh. Ooh. That's judge words for fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to take your shit. happy with you, fat boy. Yeah, Boykoff filmed his arrest or part of it when the Wallopers came calling on the 16th of May, the previous Monday. As he was taken into custody, he asked his followers to contact Burwood Police Station to make welfare checks on his behalf. Yeah, and it's all, like, filmed, of course. The cop on the scene clearly knew who the Cossack was and was already just so annoyed to be there, like he drew the short straw (laughs) or some shit. Just repeatedly asking him to stop filming because, like, he's under arrest. He's just like, can you stop filming? What do I do with the camera? What, what do I do with the camera? You, man, you have to put the camera down. Don't we're about care. to We're about to handcuff you. You're under arrest. <laughs> like, do you not? Like, just, this just feels wrong. I should tase you right now. I know. And it's just, and he just put it over and done with. I mean, it's just like, come on, can all you arrest that, yourself? All that, sh- all like, that shooting practice uh, for nothing. Huh? <laughs> yeah, truly. And this is the thing. Like, Boykov's there trying to make drama, filming it, but that deflated vibe from the officer made for such, like, boring content. I find it fun. But his followers will just be like, oh, well, that's not exciting. They want pepper spray. All they just got was someone who's just like, I need to change professions. I hate this job. <laughs> no, he was, okay. he was just stubbornly not getting sucked in for mine, the copper. But it was just perfect. Handling, it's just okay, like, oh, well, just- you know, you know you, you, but you just you have to come with us now. You're yeah. under arrest, mate. Like, how do you think yeah. this is casual? Just just be arrested already. And in court later, the police reported to Magistrate Miller that the police station, the police station was inundated with phone calls from Boykov supporters. So much so, they had to pull police off general duties, you know, public safety stuff. 
so they could answer calls from Boykoff's idiot supporters. Yeah, I mean, like, the call went out on Telegram, but also on the video he made, he told his followers to call the station for welfare checks while doing the live stream of the arrest, having one of the poor cops who came to the door to confirm the phone number just for it to be used completely against them. This is classic paper terrorism from these kind of people. It's fucking tiring to watch, but there is something kind of funny about it because it's finally turned out that... Doing that has backfired spectacularly. Yeah, Magistrate Miller ordered a sentencing report and remanded Boykoff in custody until his sentencing on June 20. Aww. Hence the vigil. So that's a month. That's a month away from the time. Now, Joel, you're a law-talking guy. What does it mean when a person is remanded in custody awaiting sentence? I mean, it's quite self-explanatory. Basically, you get refused bail and then you have to wait until your trial is up, which can be some time. Sometimes it's even longer than the sentence, depending on the situation. But the one thing that I know is that remand is shit. I think it's Silverwater that he's in now. And the remand facility is one of those sort of places. Like, chicken pens rely on pecking orders. And when there's no pecking orders, they all just kill each other. And this is kind of apparently what happens in Rahman. This is what I've heard, that there's no established sort of order of things. So everyone's being a cunt to each other. There's no permanence in there. So people could do shitty things and it doesn't really catch up with them because they wind up going to Goulburn or going somewhere else. I know a bloke who went through who went through Civil War to Rahman and, and uh, he was a, he's an elderly fellow who went away for some white-collar crime. And he said, you know, he, well, he basically insisted that he stay there so his wife could visit him rather than go to a prison farm somewhere. Ooh. And he said it was. He did twelve months there, and he, he just said it was just a horror show. Yeah, he wasn't in remand, he, but but he was there for a period of time uh, in remand, and yeah, he just said it was fucking awful. It does sound pretty bad. Yeah, well, look, most of all, what it indicates is that his uh, his his stretch in custody before sentencing is going to equate to his sentence or more. Yes. So, so it's not as if you go, well, we're just going to put you on a good behaviour bond. You're already going down and you're going down for at least a month. That it, is what the magistrate is telling Mr. Boykoff. It sounds bad. It sounds bad. And look, you know, this is the thing. Like, he's got a month to go on his hunger strike. And look, yeah, if you do not, it... He's not, he's not going to go down. <laughs> he's not going to go down a shirt size. Uh in well, a that's month. the great thing about a hunger strike of him. You won't really notice. You won't be like, oh, you're looking trim. Whereas I must say, Monica Smith, who didn't publicize her hunger strike, was eating very sparingly and lost some weight when she was in the Dame Filler Center. But the worst thing about the hunger strike, and this is the thing that kills me, is that Mrs. Cossack has said she's going to join him in it. If you've seen her, <laughs> she, she's tiny. She's a bird. She has like a body fat percentage of like 0.5%. It's actually terrifying. And aside from the fantastic comedy of the fact that Simeon Boykov could possibly have a hunger strike for more than 10 minutes, he's also apparently, according to uh, uh, Mrs. Cossack, who's lying through her uh, very thin teeth, yeah. uh, that every day he's being harassed by a doctor, no less, not even a nurse, a doctor, to get the jab. <laughs> That's just not happening. It's just yeah. not happening. Well, that would count as nourishment. And, um, and then he would be breaching... He would be breaching his hunger strike. Get that man a Mars bar. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, you know, it can only be good for him. But, uh, listeners, in other news, news you may have already heard of, Labor won the 2022 federal election and hey. will, will form a majority government around 76 or 77 seats 
All hail Albo, a bloke with a credible log cabin mythology who hails from the left, lax- left faction of the Labor Party but has managed to put these handicaps behind him to become Prime Minister. Ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. The biggest story and one we predicted is the rise of the Teal Independents who will have nine bums on the crossbench seats uh, in the House of Reps. The Teals won at the expense of some heavy hitters in the Liberal Party. The biggest of them all, Treasurer Josh Frydenberg. Bye-bye, See you later, Joshy. dickhead. So now, I'm not going to harp on about this, but it fucking annoys me. I have to get it out in the air. They're not teal. <laughs> they are turquoise at yeah, best. One yeah. of them's orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. teal is easy to say. Australians are inherently fucking lazy, as we've seen in everything, especially the last election. But turquoise, is it too hard to spell? Yes. Are the press gallery that fucking stupid? <laughs> Seems like it, because they've also been pretty lazy over the past and, six weeks and, or so. There's a sort of colour nomenclature. You know, everyone knows what teal is, but turquoise, eh, I'm not even sure. Is it blue? Is it green? Is it red? I, I'm not sure. I don't care about the ambiguity. It's fucking turquoise, and that's just fucking that. It's been done to death. They're not teal. It's ridiculous. And, like, this whole fucking nonsense about the fact that, like, you know, we have to call them teals from now on. I'm going to play into it. I'm going to call them teals. But yeah. this shit's been a tears, and I'm not doing it willingly. This is a fucking fallacy, and it sucks. Well, we could call them tree Tories. Um, tree Tories, I'm totally down with, because they are. Yeah. That's exactly what they are. They're fucking tree yeah, Tories. They are tree Tories. Yeah. The other big winners are the Greens, who will have three, possibly four members in the reps, and at least three more senators in the new parliament, total of 12 in the, in the Senate. Scott Morrison's reign of terror and the occasional holiday with the kids while Australia incinerates is over. He says he'll hang on as the member for Cook, but that's unreal. Likely. Nah. He may get a gig at Hillsong. I believe they're hiring after Brian Houston has left the fold. It was the anxiety meds that did him in. Ah, oh, just like old Jordan Peterson. <laughs> that and too much meat, apparently. But now there's no captain to pick a parachute job for his seat. So I guess the branch might actually be able to decide who gets it next. What a novelty. What do you reckon, Jack? A woman? A Lebanese Ooh. guy, possibly? In Cook? Mm. Uh, I'm not too sure about that uh, job. I mean, Labor has a working majority in the House and the Senate numbers are shaping up pretty well. Sure, there'll be some weirdos with their misshapen heads helping themselves to the expensive office stationery and more on that later. But overall, Labor will have a clear pathway to get legislation through without having to horse trade with the sorts of freaks P.T. Barnum would sit alongside, you know, the bearded lady and lobster boy, you know, those sorts of people, the people we can be used to sitting on the crossbenches in the Senate. They won't have to trade with them. Yes, they won't. But, you know, they'll still be there being annoying. But it must be said that under a minority government during the Gillard years, Albo was the leader of the House. It was the most productive government in history, at least piece of legislation-wise, and it mm. saw the passing of landmark legislation like the NDS and all that. So if Albo does have to have a chat to some freaks to get something through the Senate, I can't think of a better guy to do it. Yeah, he's, look, I think that's one thing he's got to be, sort of a consensus um, sort of type politician. That's his thing. Bob Hawke style. Yeah. There are 76 seats in the Senate. Labor will have 25. The Greens will have 12. Uh, two from Jackie Lambie, and that's 39. So that's that's the pathway. And a bit of horse trading is not a bad thing, as you say, Joe, but you know, it's best done with people of good faith, not conspiracists, cookers, and freedom fuck knuckles. No. Uh, Paul Wien will be returned to the Senate to sit next to Tony Weenie Malcolm Roberts, who will be up for re-election in 2025. Yep. There was some excitable talk that she could lose, but it was uh, nonsense put about by journos who don't understand the quota preferential voting system in the Senate. And shit Twitter accounts have no fucking what they're talking oh, about. God. Oh, please retweet me. Pauline's not going to get up. Fuck yeah. you. It's all about quotas, and then it's all uh, after that, it's all about preferences that'll get you to that quota. Yep. Overall, fun. 
The fine vote is up by a percentage point or two. Voting you know, voting percentage is yet to be final because postals are still being counted across across the country. But that's only because FON had candidates in all 151 seats. So yep. their vote's gone up, their primary vote's gone up, only because they've had more representatives this time. Yeah. Yeah, well, they've got 151. We'll call it 131, really, because there were 20 ghost candidates. <laughs> ghost FON candidates who could not be found and may, in fact, only haunt school grounds when elections aren't on. Well, at least the ghosts are, like, said to be, like, white or transparent, which is on brand for <laughs> will, Pauline Hanson's one. They will be white. Yeah, definitely they'll be white. They'll be white. They'll be white. They'll be white. In reality, though, Fon had a shocker, and uh, where their vote had loomed in 2019 in New South Wales seats like Shortland and Hunter, and in some Queensland seats, seats as well, they were well down in, in their primary vote. Aww. But the real loser, we'll get to our greatest loser, but the real loser is Clive Palmer, who paid an estimated $100 million in advertising. I want to say ab- estimated. People will throw around that $100 million figure because that was promised. I don't know that it will be. We'll soon, we'll soon find it out. Well, it'll be in the next month. We'll be able to sort of figure it out. But a hundred million in advertising and admin is estimated that he spent, and might just might end up with one solitary senator in Victoria Jesus. for his money. You know, and he didn't run a drum anywhere else in Victoria. You need around five hundred thousand people to vote, or preference you in a half cent election. So that means Clive's paid around two hundred bucks a vote. Charlie should have just stood the street corner handing out fifties. Yeah, yeah, I would have been much more efficient. The other thing is that UAP won't. Uh, wouldn't have a senator if the Liberal Party in Victoria didn't preference them. Uh-huh. For shame, you scumbags. That's exactly it. And this is the kind of shit you expect from Victorian Liberals. I mean, I know there's a federal party and a state party, but there's a lot of parallels there. The state party actively backed the freedom movement, mm. and I hope they're fucking destroyed for it in the Victorian election coming up in November because they fucking deserve it. They're agents of chaos who think that being in opposition is the job of government wrecking. No, it's not. It's a matter of holding government to account, not destroying the place. And look, it's got them absolutely nowhere and fuck them. Fuck them for it. Yeah. They're infuriating shits. The other thing is the UAP vote has barely barely shown any growth since 2019. And I explained it, I explained before the election that they didn't have much of an impact in 2019. It's been grossly overstated. Yeah. Um, because essentially, you know, one third of the preferences were going back to Labor anyway. Anyway, it was it, it has been nothing more than a rich man's plaything and electoral laws need to be tightened to make it a bit more difficult for billionaires to try and pipe buy people's votes and lie all the way through the campaign. Just as an aside, Joel, did you see the last sort of gasp from from the UAP? And that was that uh, that their health department, state and federal, would be run by the World Health Organization yeah, starting Sunday, the day after the election. Yeah, I didn't I mean, get one, but I saw it. My mate Isaac got oh, one. It was everywhere. I heard it on radio advertising. I, I, I saw it in media, in, in, on media websites. Um, absolutely lamentable and just so absurdly wrong. It's just wrong. It's just bullshit. But of course, these people love bullshit. You know, like they just feed off this stuff. They just there needs to be a little bit of truth in advertising when it comes to political advertising. I mean, I don't think they need to be, you know, go nuts on this, but they definitely have to stop this kind of misinformation being spread around campaigns. Yeah, because it just gets ridiculous when someone like Clive Harmer's involved. Fucking hell, that's just outrageous. I know. But anyway, poor old Crackers Kelly could only get 16,000 votes at 7.46 of the primary vote in Hughes. The Aww. next Prime Minister of Australia could only get 7.46 of the primary vote in his own seat. What a yeah. fucking embarrassment he is. Oh, yeah. For what it's worth... 
at this rate, Clive could pony up with a lazy $3.9 billion and buy the balance of power in the Senate. Uh, that's what it's going to cost him for <laughs> the current rate of mass. Yeah. He might have won, and that's cost him $100 million, $3.9 billion should get him the balance of power. I wouldn't recommend it, and I don't want to encourage him, but what is very funny is that according to Monica Smith, Clive offered her the number one spot on the UAP Vic ticket, which she says, if she's to be believed, if she's to be believed. she knocked it back. Yeah. She would be... <laughs> He would be a senator now, or almost certainly fucked. a senator now. But instead, we will have a real estate agent, Ralph Babbitt uh, from the UAP. How long before he goes rogue and does what Jackie Lambie, Glenn Lazarus and Ricky Muir did in yeah. the olden days? In the old days. But the funniest thing in all of the election has to be that Monica Smith knocked back a Senate seat that she would have been sitting in on 1 July if she wasn't such an idiot and that to me, is very, very funny, John. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And in the conditional release program's election special rabbit hole, we are looking at cookers and the election or as I like to call it, cookers making up for all those hours they wasted at school not learning maths. <laughs> have their asses handed it to them by 17 million voters. You know that Monica and Morgan were having durries while maths was on. You just know it. <laughs> you just, just know that. Know yeah, it. they were behind the bike sheets for sure. 110%. Yeah. So where did we get to, Joel? When did we get to with cookers in the election? Oh, yes. Electoral fraud. See, now I know there's a cue, so I'm doing it. <laughs> so the cries of... Electoral, electoral fraud. fraud. Yeah, that's the one. Have been coming for months, very yes. much like our good pillow friend in the US, in the lead up to the election, and it is absolutely no surprise they are continuing after what is a completely predictable outcome, the most predictable one in a long time, yep. basically mirrors the polls going in, which is like a rarity these days. And while cookers, generally speaking, are expected to kick up a fuss and say wild shit, surprisingly, Uncle Clive himself has piped up with his own hot take on election fraud. As we said earlier... Here's the clip. It was very disappointing. The um, some of the AC uh, um, AEC officials took home the votes with them when they went home to their house and uh, play, were playing around with them. We've got it all on video. And our our candidate followed them home. So it's a bit of a worry when you think the AEC is tampering with votes. You're known to take legal action. Are you likely to take that to the court? Well, I think it's important that we point that out to people that the AEC does interfere with votes and that. Um, you know, maybe it can help in future elections that they don't do that. Of course, you'll remember in 2013, they lost the ballots again when our, our Senator, Senator Wang, had to be elected in West Australia. So it's in everyone's interest we ensure the AEC, AEC is fair. Why did one of your candidates follow an AEC official at home, you fucking creep? What the fuck yeah, is wrong with you that's, people? Who that's does that? Borderline who? stalking. I mean, UAP candidates, that's who. Like, honestly, from all the cracked cookers running the election, of course one of those fucking wingnuts decided to follow an election official home and <laughs> video them like huge respect to the sky news journal here who masterfully asks clive basically if he's lying no huge respect to the sky news journal here who masterfully asked clive if he was lying by saying you're known to take legal action are you likely to take that to the courts which is just his way of saying are you actually prepared to say that under oath 
And yeah. it sounds like he's not. It yeah, sounds like he did arm and half. I've got a video. Okay, cool. Let's see that video. Let's see what you've done to that video. Let's see, you know, someone she's got a handbag, it's full of votes. I mean, fuck off. <laughs> so the new line for election fraud is that the writs are not legit. And I'm Uh-oh. genuinely unsure if this is something they came up with before the rhyme or after. Because it's impressive sounding. It's got a real ring to it, doesn't it? It's real charming. <laughs> but it's a usual sobsit nonsense about technical things they just don't understand. Mm. So According to Ricardo Bozzi, and this is on his telegram, the election is fraudulent due to the use of two ballot papers. And oh. in a post with a picture, it's highlighted that it's got part two of the constitu- part two and three of the constitution. And it says in those th- in at the end of them that in the choosing of senators, each elector shall vote only once. And this is in yeah. both section eight and thirty of the constitution, which refers to the rules for voting in the House and Senate, respectively. This is his hot take, and I love how it starts. I am not a lawyer. No, you're not, Bozy. No. But why are all constitutional lawyers, judges, politicians silent about this genuine query? Because what? it's dumb, Bozy. Because <laughs> you're just making shit up. Yeah. <laughs> Did Australia's founding fathers intend voting once to mean at the one time? Or did they mean you can only cast one vote per ballot paper? Yeah. One vote for the Senate rep and one vote for the House of Reps rep. That's what we do, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Is the government and AEC's preferential system constitutional? Not a silly question. But it is a silly question, Bozy. Very silly question. The preferential system does not create two votes. It's one fucking vote, which is totally fine. And the fact that you've got two ballot papers is not an issue. They're two different parts of the Constitution, two different houses. It's in the picture you posted. (laughs) I mean, each elector does have one vote in the House and the Senate. That's in the two things. Yeah. It's just, it's not complex or mysterious. It, 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 the mysterious thing is that he thinks that we could vote either in the Senate or the House of Reps, but not both. I mean, look. That's I mean, what you, he's saying. You could throw one ticket out, I suppose. Like, it just makes no sense. I personally <laughs> would probably vote the Senate because I think it's a much more exciting House, but people might like the House better. Let's see what happens. It's a silly question, Bozy. It's a very fucking silly question. Just because you say not a silly question at, something, at the end of something doesn't mean it's not a silly question. <laughs> if anything, it makes me think maybe it is a silly question by putting that fucking qualifier at the end. But this is the bullshit you're about to hear yelled through megaphones by idiots in capital cities all around the country yep. on, I don't know, every weekend until the Liberals are back in. I don't fucking know. So another video doing the wow. rounds on Telegram with some random voter coming in asking to see the writ at a polling booth. Like, <laughs> this is some, like, sort of power move. Oh, I need to see the writ. I need to see the writ. And it's like, they're just like, okay. So she's filming an old fucking lady. Oh, I've got a, I've got a copy of it here. You know, uh, the, the Governor General sent it to me just this morning. Just dropped it off, yeah. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? So there's this old lady there who's marking people off the roll, who has to deal with her bullshit. She she just turns up to this, like, what, like, 70, 80-year-old. She's telling them that there should be a copy of the writ at every polling booth, which, like, no. But, like, she thinks she's clearly a hero. She comes in with that full-on Karen energy. Then she fucking harasses the old lady about the blank boxes for grouped independence. And it's not the workers' fault you don't know how the registration process works. They don't have parties. They're grouped independents. That's how they registered. She claims that she was told not to put a number in the ungrouped independents box, which, of course, is what Monica and Morgan were running under, except the fact that she recorded the whole thing and that never happened. (laughs) We watched the video. That didn't happen. She presses this old lady and the old lady literally says, I don't know. That's it. Am I not meant to mark these boxes? I don't know. She then goes to just basically just lie and say to another person that she was told explicitly not to number blank boxes. You recorded yourself. It didn't happen. You idiot. (laughs) 
It's on record. But of course, this is the thing. Like, they just love to lie and share lies because it suits this dopey agenda they have about electoral fraud. And electoral they fraud. They don't look at it. They don't think about it. They just share it because they're fucking morons. The Karen energy here is like solar flare level. Someone just wants to be the smartest person in the room and they, you know, sort of fail high school because she's in a dopey death cult that love bombs her every time she says something and she's convinced that she's a victim. Like, it's just so painful to watch these people just ingratiating themselves in public life in some sort of weird self-important way that all they're doing is just harassing old women. Stop! So, <laughs> election losing Bozy has not been idle. You can see I'm kind of fucking annoyed because, like, I've just been doing Telegram all morning, like, lines of trash just, just filling my brain. <laughs> and he released his 30-minute snooze fest I'm not going to watch it. I don't care. But in the lead up, of course, he's been talking shit about Dominion voting machines, which we don't use. It's just complete nonsense. This was great from Sol. I I love this, which is on the official telegram for Australia One, the party that doesn't exist. I was just contacted. TAB election voting for the federal election 2022. Independent in Greenway has gone from 17 to 1 to 4 to 1, and betting has now been suspended. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't. It just no, wasn't. 40 to 1, and I reckon I reckon they were terrible odds. Totally. Uh, I mean, it you should have been a 1,000 to 1, Ricky. Yeah. You know, that's 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 how well you were going to go. The only reason talk. why betting should have been suspended is it is cruel and unusual to take money from someone to back him because he's definitely <laughs> going to lose, but he has said many times that he won't because of ya, ya, ya manifestation and ya, ya, ya. God. Yeah. So, well, the bookies only put a, 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 a loser. I think this is a four-time loser, like Ricky Bozzi, in in at forties because I reckon they'll get some punter money in there. You know, yeah, exactly. Ooh, he, he could be a chance. Forty to one. Forty to ones get up, don't they? Oh, yeah, thousand course, to ones mate. don't. Well, the thing is, is that when you've got someone who's there saying, "I'm going to win," and if I don't, it's electoral fraud. I mean, there's a <laughs> decent reason to you know to to believe it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's pretty cooked, but you know that's just the that's just the way it works. I mean, they just make shit up to seem more important than they are, and just get off on that like endorphin rush of like being like, oh man, look, we're getting conspired against because we're like, super important. <laughs> and the white hats, the white hats are gonna fix it. Oh, we've got the, this all in control. Now the bookies are against us. <laughs> Even the bookies, damn, they're oily hides. It's anyway just in the wash up. Uh, Ricky Bozzi ended up with. 2,957 votes, which actually is a little bit chilling. You know, I mean, it is. There are about 130,000 uh, electors in that seat, but 3,000, nearly 3,000 votes is a little bit of a worry, but still he won't get his deposit back uh, no. because he's only got 3.38% of the vote. There'll still be county postals and things, but don't worry about that. Ricky will go backwards, not forward oh, yeah. on that percentage because Ricky doesn't have a uh, a, a postal vote strategy. No. He does have a hanging policy, but that doesn't seem to be working right now, Ricky boy. Yeah, he needs to tighten it up because too many voters are being told they're going to hang. Now, speaking of someone also, the very uh, similar hanging policy written from the same cloth, Craig Cole in case he got 3.8% with a suspiciously close 2,961 votes. I mean, mm, electoral, no electoral fraud. fraud, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a little bit suspect that uh, that the, the electorate yeah, had such yeah, similar probably results. Got, it probably should tell you, you know, what we all kind of knew, that, you know, you, gr- you, you group 130, 140,000 people together, you can have about 3% of them are fucking idiots. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you know, some, half of them probably thought they were fucking like climate 200 indies. Oh, I'm, I'm voting for the independent. Who's that? <laughs> Craig. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Craig. So I like his hanging policy. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, but it's one of those things where like, you know, an independent is just to vote against the majors. Right. 
And the idea that Craig Cole just being on there, someone in uh, someone in Casey probably just went, oh, I want to vote for an independent, but I don't like women. Yeah, I'll vote for this guy. <laughs> so it's a big participation certificate for Ricky Bozzi in Greenway. And Aww. it's in the mail. It's on the way to him now. Well done. You participated. <sighs> but he's small beans compared to some of the big names given their marching orders by the voting public. Oh, yeah. In our once and once only segment, post-election, we farewell the fallen, the broken, the rugged and buggered that couldn't get enough votes no matter how hard they tried in the segment. It's called Say Goodbye to All the Nice People. Bye. Top of the list, Tim Wilson, arguably the Lib's worst MHR and maybe the worst MHR in the parliament. Amazing. Um, I, I wouldn't say that, but that's a, that is a big claim. A moderate, maybe, but a graceless, gibbering paranoid when beaten, <laughs> complaining how he had been attacked for two years. Hey, Tim, it's not about you, mate. And through the campaign, he referred to the Teal supporters as bringing Brunswick values to the Bayside suburbs, as if Brighton is a fucking citadel. Get a job. <laughs> Next, Josh Frydenberg, and it's the biggest loss for the Libs, another pretend moderate, and by the claims uh, from the former MHR for Chisholm, Julia Banks, up to some pretty sketchy behaviour, media shenanigans and whatnot. Funniest thing he did in the campaign in Kuyong was drag out Sir Robert Menzies' daughter, 95-year-old Heather Henderson, as a campaign secret weapon to the resounding cries of, Who dat? <laughs> from the electorate in general get a job yeah it won't be hard he'll be fine then we got Trent Zimmerman the former member for North Sydney he was a decent bloke yeah. completely overwhelmed by a deep shift away from the party he is a member of gave a classy concession speech on Saturday night get a job nah he's alright Jason Falinski Another moderate within the Liberal Party who tried to convince his electorate he stood for progressive social policies but found it impossible to persuade them because Scott Morrison was shouting transphobic shibboleths in the foreground. Get a job, Jason. That's it. Yeah, no, seriously, I have no no love for Jason whatsoever. You were parachuted in and now you're being thrown out. No parachute, just yeah. being thrown like Duterte, taking you in a helicopter ride and saying, we'll be there soon, <laughs> no, and then pushing you out into he, a forest. He's actually a half-decent guy, but he's just Falinski? completely... Falinski? He's been completely overwhelmed. Like Have you seen him on Facebook? I actually do keep in touch with my old electorate because my heart still resides in McKellar. Holy fuck the way he talked smack to people who wanted to, like, I don't know, casually save a hospital from being fucking developed into sky risers. Guy's a fucking flog. The entire thing with him has been career, 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 and now it's over because you're a bit of a cunt. No a time job. for him whatsoever. Get a job, See Jason. ya. See ya. Okay, next, next, next. Dave Sharma, once touted as the intellectual giant of the Liberal Party <laughs> uh, with a background in foreign affairs, including an embassy post in Israel and Tel Aviv, uh, appointed by then uh, Foreign Minister uh, Bob Carr. For all his giant brain, Dave suffered from anti-charisma. Mm -hmm. Now, people with charisma find that when they enter a room, everyone in it crowds around them. In Dave's case, with anti-charisma, when he walked in, everyone in it wanted to leave. And they did on Saturday. Get a job, Dave. And in the final, well, it's not quite the final, but the next one on the list, Christina Keneally, a North Shore labourite who was parachuted into the outer western Sydney 
and suburban seat of Fowler crashed on landing, never to be seen again, or so we hope. Usurped a local candidate in Fowler who would have won by the length of the straight. Yep. Uh, and going back into history, uh, Christina became New South Wales Premier briefly, only because she hung around the crooks in the party. Yep. Not that she was a crook, I'm not saying that, but her backers were Eddie O'Bead and Joe Tripodi. Maybe Tripodi wasn't a crook either, but he would do until one came along. Get a job, Christina. Yeah, out you go. I mean, realistically, when it comes down to it, no one's got any love for the other candidates in there. Nobody's got any love for the situation. It's just teaching them a lesson. Stop parachuting people yep. into seats. It's Come naughty, on. and we're over Come it. Work from Andrew Charlton though in Parramatta, where he increased uh, increased the margin against uh, the Libs in Parramatta. Yeah, um, true. But he's probably less controversial as well. Opus Day, fucking Christina Keneally is a great Liberal Party member yet to experience the party. Look, all I can say is I've never understood why Labor respects her abilities as much as they seem to. Good head kicker, and that's it. it. Malcolm Turnbull, great Labor man. Christina Keeley, Tory for sure. Didn't take any skin off... um, of Peter Dutton, as uh, you know, she was the shadow uh, minister for for um, border um, for border um, control. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But she didn't take any skin off him. They're yeah, in different houses, to be fair. She said some good shit in the past, though. I've I've, yeah. I've seen her do some pretty good zingers. Anyway, no, she's she's gone. She'll probably parachute her into a into a job somewhere, which yeah. is uh, you know. Unfortunate. Uh, final. Well, we're moving on again. Amanda Stoker, another another loser. One of Scomo's. See ya. We can, we can use his nickname. Ironically, now uh, I've yes. never called him Scomo, but I'm doing it now. Um, uh, yeah, he she was one of um, Scomo's ministers for women. You remember that? Uh, you know, after they had a, a bit of uh, argy bargy in the parliament, and they just he decided to name three ministers for women, and she was one of them. Yep. And she was actually opposed to women's reproductive rights. And she's G A W N, and won't be darkening the parliament again. Get a job, Amanda yep. Stoger. Yep. See ya. Uh, and in the also rans, Christian Wright Kitty and amateur branch stacker Michael Sucker is 50 votes. I think it's 74 now, 74 votes in front of Labor in Deakin in Victoria's East. Uh, so he could be getting his marching orders or he will come basically limping back into the parliament on one of the most marginal seats in the country. Mm. And in an, and elsewhere, also in southeastern Victoria, there's been a massive 11, almost 12% swing against family values, as long as they're not his family, Liberal <laughs> Minister in Witness Protection, Alan Tudge. He'll hold his seat, but he is cooked. You've yeah. never seen a bloke so badly damaged by the events of the last two or three years. Oh, yeah, that four corners was scathing. He, he, he There's just no coming back from that. He might think there's coming back. You know, he, oh, gee, I'll be on the Shadow Ministry. If he is, it He's would be a so shambles. delusional. So he will have to basically uh, spend some time in the backbench and keep his hands to himself. Yes, he will. Will he, though? Let's see. Mm, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And look, uh, moving on, in terms of the election results, we do have an apology. We do. To uh, listener Glenn. And uh, and at this stage, we'd like to extend what is a half-sucked apology. We're not, you know, we're not, you know, we're not 
going quite hard on it. Yeah. Uh, too too uh, fan of the conditional release program and delusional Queenslander Absolutely. for saying bad things about Queenslanders' intellectual abilities and claiming falsely that the real reason why they wear thongs all the time is because they don't know how to tie their shoelaces, Joel. Half true. <laughs> half uh, true. That is half true. Half true. Glenn, we're very sorry we, we said all those things and we rejoice in the fact that Queenslanders did not vote like Mississippi plantation <laughs> owners circa 1850 this time around. Well done, Queenslanders. Top work. Yes, it must have been very difficult. Now, I just love after three years of looking at Queensland with absolute disgust, they completely overcompensating by not only going red, but going green. Yep. They went, even picked yep. Socialist Victoria at electing two of them. I mean, Tom Tanaki, he was saying that he heard people attributing the Greens wins in Queensland to the fact that latte sitting Melbournians had fled <laughs> Victoria <laughs> and that, voted yeah. left in their new home state. Mm. What a Fucking terrible take. It is amazing how dumb that is. I love that, Tom. I don't know who has said that, but fuck them. It's a bit of a teal thing, or turquoise, if you will, Joel. It is It, it is a bit of it, that. They are very similar seats to those you might see in the North Shore. You know, high income, high high asset uh, wealth, those sorts of people, and, um, and they have previously voted Liberal. But imagine taking credit for it, being like, oh, no, no, it wasn't Queensland. That's Melbourne. It, it was us. It was yeah. definitely us. Doing yeah. doing what Dan Andrews told them to do. Some of our good socialists looking for cheap rent moved up there and tell you what, they voted exactly the way we wanted them to. Oh, it brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> Shut up, socialists. It's not true. Yeah, well, credit where credit is due, Queensland. I will never forget what you did to us in 2019, you fucking redneck. You fucking redneck dopes. But after this result, I can definitely forgive. We'll forgive, forgive and we do apologise to you. But though. no forgetting because you motherfucker. Anyway, <laughs> now, the last three years have sucked. We've talked about a lot of losers today, but we're going to wrap with the biggest loser of the election. Who will wear the garland of that distinct dishonour, Joel? The biggest... Loser nominees are Ingram Spencer, who emerged from prison only last Wednesday and still is facing serious criminal charges of stalking the outgoing MP for Higgins, Katie Allen. Oh, Remember him, Joel? He was in uh, Which Black Bill Fuckwit said that last he, week. He's very special. He is a very special. special. He's the one that comes in. Look, uh, Mr. Spencer, um, your lawyer's here. I don't want to talk to my lawyer. I don't feel good. Uh, Mr. Spencer, your court date is today. I don't want to go to court today. I, I got a stomachache. You know, he should have stayed in prison much longer than he needed to um, because he would just basically ignore basic, not, not even instructions, you know, come out. You know, it's, it's, it's your day in court now. So will it be Ingram Spencer who spent an inordinate amount of time during the campaign in prison? Didn't do well. Didn't poll well, by the way, below uh, in the seat of Higgins, which is around Paran in Melbourne. Um, he, 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 he got below the UAP average. Damn you. All right. Or, or, was, uh, or will it be soon to be seen in a furniture store near you? Would you like to buy an ottoman off this man, Crackers Kelly? Has he been the biggest loser over the weekend? Or was it Malcolm Heffernan, dual candidate for the for Paul and Hanson's One Nation? And the Australian Federation Party in two seats 4,000 kilometres apart. And when asked about it, he said he was upset, damned annoyed, uh, that he'd been registered for two parties and possibly in commission of electoral fraud. 
God. Yep. Yeah. Or was it Liberal Treasurer? I could have been a contender. Josh Frydenberg talking Oof. about him. And he Oof. could have been PM Massive too. Fall from grace. Oh. Or was it Monica Smith, who would be in the Senate right now, or at least on, on one July? You yeah. Know, or the week before, getting one of those, you know, one of those tours of the place so they know what they're doing. Imagine how insufferable she'd be on that one. Ooh. Where are the Ritz? <laughs> yeah. Look, you won. Just, Stop asking. Just make it look. It would be a fantastic comedy, and it really is an opportunity lost, I think. Um, but. She would be in the Senate right now if she had a brain, but she doesn't. No. And is reduced to making drunken videos <laughs> claiming <laughs> overwhelming support for a movement that has just been comprehensively rejected. Truly pathetic. I think that- Fair old, fair old list of contenders there. But who is the winner, Joel? Oh, uh, the loser. Who's the loser? I just have to go with Monica. It's just too good. Yeah, it is beautiful. She sits there proudly exclaiming <laughs> how she rejected it. the offer. She like she'd, be- she'd been invited. She'd been invited. She'd been invited. That's exactly <laughs> right. That is so funny. I mean, it's just, it's great because as much as Dej Babette, we didn't go into him. Uh, we'll probably do it later. Um, yeah, we will have a look at him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing a bit of digging out. And, and, and I know uh, I know our two fantastic researchers probably know a good deal more about him than well, we do. Well, it's but- tricky though because like I had some screenshots from a while ago. I've actually had his stuff in the podcast before, but- He's wiped his social media completely, and for good reason. Mm. He is toxic. Mm. This guy is pro-gun to the point of absurdity, the kind of guy who's like, I don't really care about massacres. I think guns are great. We should have them. But also, like, he's just nasty. He's a really, really shitty person. Uh, him being in the coward's castle, being able to say whatever he likes, is actually terrifying, and uh, and that's that's the reality we're looking mm, at. Yeah, Dejabet is, is not a good thing. Uh, you know, on the plus side, he is a real estate agent in Western Melbourne. <laughs> so, that is you know, so delightfully that's, sleazy. That's, that's where you find some of your best people. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but Monica is our greatest loser. She is the greatest loser in the federal election 2022. Yeah. And that pleases me enormously. She can suck it. If we have any luck in our lives, the postals are somehow going to knock this Deej motherfucker out because Ralph Babbitt is not a good person. And if he does get in, I mean, it's... It's beyond toxic. He will well, be bad. Like I say, the numbers won't matter very much because, you know, the, the, the Labor won't have to horse trade with any of these people fawn this UAP clown because they're, they're, the pathway is Greens yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and Jackie Jackie Lambie Network. And yeah. that gets you the 39. And you I'm don't looking have to forward to David Shoebridge being in there. And the Liberal Party... To be to be fair, had to do that trading, so they had to talk to the Greens. They had to talk to uh, they had to talk to Fon. They had to, you know, basically our family law courts are in turmoil right now because they had to do a deal with Hanson. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But this is why nothing got done in the Liberal Party because they're not fucking negotiators. It's disgusting. Whereas now we've got Albo, who actually good. knows how to form a consensus, and we're going to get some shit done. Thank Christ for that. Yeah. Yeah, it is good. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider, and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack, we found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. We've, up, we've set up a Facebook page. You can find it fairly easily. Just type the words in. But promoting a podcast is easier said than done. So if you would share this episode or a past episode you thought was a lot better, and just give us feedback, you know, just get the words out there because we really do appreciate it. When we see it pop up, we get all warmed. Maybe we'll retweet it. Maybe we'll just look no, at it. Well, we, we, have, we have earned quite a lot of our listeners uh, quite a bit of money in our tipping. Um, yes, yes, uh, that's and, right. Uh, those those reports are coming through at the moment. I 
did tell one. <laughs> he owed me quite a lot of money in commission, and uh, and I expect to. <laughs> I just I, I I don't expect to go down there. All I want is social media clout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, the Patreon is up and running, and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way. How's yep. that work again, Joel? Uh, Patreon.com.au backslash conditional release program. No AU and the conditional release program, but if you just search for the conditional release program Patreon, you will find it. And if you yeah. give us as little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content. And if you give us even more money, you get a bunch of benefits. You can watch us record the show. You can be like a little box in the window where we do our thing. But if we get to a 1,000 patrons, we promise that Jack will become a senator, rule with an iron fist, and take all the Tim Tams from the tea room. Mr. President, I'd like to move a motion. A 300-gram chunker, a King Brown, right where teeny-weeny Malcolm Roberts sits. No better pursuit of glory. <laughs> I totally agree with this. Uh, so sign up. As we said, patreon.com slash condition release program. That's where to do it. it. I will do it. And uh, we'll be returning next week uh, on the Conditional Release Program with all your favourite segments, including the week in Pete Evans. God, he's been, he's been having a he, – he's having he's having difficulties. He so doesn't care about Australia at all. He posted no, he once. Doesn't, just doesn't, one know. post. <laughs> on election day, he posted about Hillary Clinton. Such a so we'll be keeping an eye on him. And, of course, soft shits are the man, always hilarious. And which black pill fuckwit said that? Bless. And finally, all feedback tips and death threats should be sent to the Conditional Release program at gmail.com we would love to hear from you even if it's to tell us the big swing is on in victoria november a swing to freedom a swing by your neck obviously <laughs> thanks listeners see, see you, you next time thanks guys bye